All right. How many of you guys have seen that movie? All right. Raise your hands. All right. Let's give it the official Christ Fellowship rating. All right. Thumb system. Thumbs down, thumbs sideways, or thumbs up. Or if you feel ex- uh, overly excited, you could give it two thumbs. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give this one two thumbs. I don't do that to very many movies. Anybody else? All right. Two thumbs up. Yes. Classic movie. You don't have enough thumbs. You need more thumbs. Someone give her some thumbs. All right. Uh, but, but yes, uh, Braveheart um, is, is an incredible movie. And so today, as we're talking about, um, this has kind of become our annual summer series at the movies and uh, where, we, where we use some uh, big pieces from culture and then we look at some redemptive or some biblical scriptural themes uh, inside uh, some of Hollywood's biggest hits. Now, uh, this year, 90s edition, like I mentioned, this movie came out, you ready, 24 years ago. Is that crazy? That's insane. 24 years ago, uh, a couple interesting facts about the movie Braveheart. Uh, Paramount Pictures would allegedly only agree to let Mel Gibson direct the movie if he would star in it. Okay, so apparently he just wanted to direct the movie, but um, they kind of made him star in it. All right, uh, screenwriter Randall Wallace, no relation to, uh, uh, you know, um, the other Wallace, right? But he had the first idea about this movie, about the, writing this uh, movie, while he was on vacation in Edinburgh, he saw the statue of William Wallace and, and Robert the Bruce and, uh, adorning Edinburgh Castle. He asked the tour guide who they were and, and told the, was told the story, and that inspired him um, to write the script. And so, But in case you haven't watched this movie, um, here goes the summary, okay? Uh, as the movie goes, William Wallace lived in 13th century Scotland. He wanted to live in peace uh, and raise a family, but the English oppression was, was just too much, uh, specifically under the brutal King Edward's, Edward the Longshanks. And, and this came to a head when the, uh, some English guards execute William Wallace's new wife, uh, for assaulting uh, an English soldier, a soldier, even though he was trying to rape her and, and, and uh, she was just trying to, to defend herself. But at this point, everything changes for Wallace. Like, uh, uh, he, he knows now that living without freedom isn't really living at all. And so William Wallace, a commoner, he leads a rebellion that gains momentum from across the land and against all odds. And, and the movie's complete, you know, with betrayal, with romance, with courage. And there's plenty of epic, uh, epic fight scenes and battles. And, and if you haven't seen it in 24 years, I'll go ahead and spoil it for you because chances are you're not going to see it. Um, the movie ends <clears throat> with William Wallace being brutally executed before the public. And even then, he wouldn't bow to the king to beg for mercy for a swift, painless death. But his famous last word was what? No, it wasn't freedom. What was it? Freedom! That's it. You know, there's only only one way to say it, okay? And that was his last last word. Now, Braveheart is one of those movies um, that every time I've seen it, it, it kind of shakes, shakes you a little bit. I don't, is it just me? But it kind of shakes you because it's one of those movies that um, you feel it. 
You sense the conviction and the storyline behind William Wallace and the people that rallied behind him, that, uh, something that they were willing to lay their life down for. Man, it's like just to have that kind of courage, you know, to have that kind of strength and to have that kind of passion and conviction. Man, there's something about it that... Um, is inspiring. So, so uh, when I watch Braveheart, you know, it's inspiring. Uh, it inspires me for more. And I think that's the sense that a lot of people get is, is you're kind of ready to fight, you know. So I don't want anyone walking out to the lobby today jacking someone in the face, okay. But like, but you're ready to fight, you know, and you're just waiting like someone break into my house tonight, you know, and, and we're ready to go. <clears throat> True story. Uh, Beth and I watched this movie this week, you know, just because I had to, you know, prepare, right. And, uh, and just so I could up the game a little bit, I watched it with a hatchet, okay? <laughs> watched it with, yeah, shh, we don't talk about the snacks, we, okay? Um, a hatchet, and the thing is, hatchet sounds a little bit, you know, not quite up to par, so you know, I prefer to call it a tactical battle wax, okay? All right, but but it was a hatchet. But I watched it with it, and things got intense. I grabbed the hatchet, you know, and and my wife watched the whole movie in terror. You know, she didn't know, uh, you know, things got a little too intense. What was going to happen? Um, but as funny or scary as that is, you know, depending on which side of the couch you're on, um, I think that we we have this warrior inside each and every one of us. It'd be easy at this point just to talk to the men, right? Because we know that about us, but I think the same is true for ladies as well, for the most part. Like, there's something inside of us that, that longs for more, that wants more, that, that has a fight in us for something. And I believe that God has given us the heart of a warrior. Um, the book of Ezekiel, the, the prophet Ezekiel, he's, he's giving judgments over God's people because that's one that they had strayed from God so far and for so long that God was using his prophets to basically send these judgments to these people and and the prophets giving these judgments against Israel and and we know that there's going to be destruction okay and then historically yes there there was destruction but it's not from a God who delights in it and who's just really happy about dealing out punishment. In fact, he's a little broken about it. You sense that in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. He says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. Now, people's trust in God... Israel's trust in God, okay, is, is, is compared to a city's wall, their fortification, okay? Like a city's wall back then was everything. It was their protection. It was their safety, their security. It was what they, they needed for stability. And, and so the question is like, who would build up the wall? There, there, there were holes and gaps in the wall. Who would, who would do that? And who would stand in the gap? And, and so that could have been a physical reality about the physical wall around Jerusalem at that time. But it was also a spiritual reality about their spiritual state and where they were with God. God was looking for people with integrity. He was looking for people who are willing to stand for what's right. People that will fight. And, and that Fighting might have looked a whole lot like prayer and repentance. But God is looking for people who will step up and stand in that gap and fill in where there's a big hole. Fighting for what matters most. 
Now, I wonder uh, if God were to look at our church, what he would say. I'm looking for someone who will stand in the gap. Someone who's going to build up the wall. Someone who's going to stand and someone who's going to fight. You know, I want to tell you something today that inside of you, that God created you with the heart of a warrior. And so we see a couple truths kind of come out. Uh, And the first one is this, is that you have a cause worth fighting for. You have a cause worth fighting for. You know, there's something that happens in the heart of every believer. When someone puts their faith and their trust in Christ and they're, they're, uh, they're baptized in his name, they're, they're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, they have a cause outside of themselves that is um, in which they are willing to give everything for. If you've seen this movie, you're familiar with his famous speech, you know, um, from William Wallace. A few Scottish uh, nobles, they, they gathered their army, right? And, and, uh, but ultimately, they would have, um, they would all, they would all died, basically. They're outnumbered, they weren't prepared, they weren't motivated. And, and so the, the, the army's just kind of starting to walk away uh, because they see the size of the army of the, the English. And at the end of the day, they knew that this fight would only benefit the nobles, and they weren't going to lay down their lives for, for that silly cause. And William Wallace, he shows up, and, and well, uh, here, here's, here it is. Don't take my word for it. I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom! Man, anybody else ready to fight? Like that, that speech, you know, is kind of one of the climax of the movies where he's turning the hearts of the people. And, and if that doesn't give you jazzed up, then I think you need to check your pulse um, this morning. But you're thinking, if I were there, I would fight. Like I, because we have a desire as warriors, as people who created for a cause, uh, bigger than ourselves, you know. And so... Maybe you're here and you just, you're waiting for something to happen, you know? Like in your life, you're waiting for some calls and you've been sitting, um, sitting around just hoping something would fall into your lap. And, and, and here's the thing, you have a cause worth fighting for. 
Now, uh, in the Bible, um, the book of Nehemiah, uh, this guy, Nehemiah, was burdened with the calls, okay? He was burdened with the calls to uh, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, okay? Similar to what we just talked about uh, in a different time period. Um, again, the walls were important uh, for their well-being. This is Jerusalem. It, this, this was, at this point, this was like... Um, the representation of God's people, where God's temple was. And, and, and here's the thing. They weren't safe. They were under oppression and opposition from surrounding countries. And at any moment, another kingdom could attack them, and they could have overtaken them because their walls were not rebuilt. Now, they had a whole lot of work to do. And then at this point in the book of Nehemiah, we have some uh, a kind of a uh, William Wallace speech, you know, that Nehemiah gives. And uh, I, if I could do it, I would do it in, in a Scottish accent. But he says in Nehemiah 4, uh, verse 14, he says, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, and your wives, and your homes. And so while there, people were, were terrified, Nehemiah motivated them for this cause that was burning in his heart for God's city, for God's temple, for God's people. Uh, so he motivated them, and then guess what happened? They got the building. They, got to, they underwent this massive building project. We're not talking about like two-by-fours and, and plywood. We're talking about massive, massive stones and heavy gates. Half the men stood guard and watched for um, opposition, while the other half of the men worked on the walls with swords on their side. Man, that's a cause. There's something about a person that fights for a cause, you know, outside of themselves, you know. Uh, and, and some of you are like, man, I will fight for my family, you know, and, and that your family needs that. Or I'll fight for the broken, or I'll fight for, for those with special needs, or I'll fight for the outcasts, or I'll fight for those that need God in their life so desperately. Or I'll fight for, for the, the God's kingdom through, through uh, love and through truth. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. He, uh, once said, he says, if a man hasn't discovered something he is willing to die for. He isn't fit to live. And we see that Martin Luther King Jr. Um, literally laid his life down for the cause that he would have been willing to die for. So it's until we find that cause that we're willing to die for, uh, um, are we truly living? And if you haven't found your cause Chances are you're floating in life and you're craving something more. You're, you're wanting something more. Uh, uh, you, you long for something because God has given you, I believe, a heart of a warrior. Now, here's the thing. If we haven't found a cause that's going to move us, that's going to shake us, that's going to move us to the point uh, of dying for something, being willing to die for something, I mean, we tend to fill it with other things, don't we? And can I just give you a hint real quick, real quick that, that a cause that God has given you is not just how many more Netflix episodes you can watch. He hasn't given you that cause. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know? It's not more movies. It's not more restaurants or more travel. It's not more video games. It's not more hours at the job. It's not more money. It's not more success. Those are not your God-given causes. That, that you would find 
your purpose in your life. You know, without a cause worth dying, uh, I'm sorry, without a cause to fight for, you will find the wrong thing to fight against. And, and you see this over and over in the culture around us of, of, of people's strength and people's passion and people's purpose gone awry. We can see this like amplified over the course of this last 24 hours where people, uh, whether it was racially motivated or politically motivated or, or whatever else was going on in these people's um, uh, heads that uh, with these mass shootings in Texas and Ohio, like that's someone's calls gone gone completely wrong, gone completely bad. And it was taken out on innocent people, people shopping. You know, in the scripture, in Acts three, we see a picture uh, of this one of the heroes of the faith, one of the heroes of the Bible, the apostle Paul wrote much of our New Testament. He was a missionary, started many, of, uh, many churches, and uh, traveled thousands of miles uh, uh, on foot or by donkey and by ship just to let people know about Jesus. But that wasn't always his story, was it? In Acts 8.3, it says, but Saul, and Saul and Paul are the same person, okay? Just uh, one was a Hebrew version, one was a Greek version uh, of, his, of the same name. And, um, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Here, we have a, a, an example of someone's cause being misguided. Now, look, so here's the thing. Uh, without looking for uh, your calls from God and from His Word, you will fight the wrong battles over and over and over. Chances are you see that in people's lives around you. Chances are you see it in your own life. Without looking for your calls from God and His Word, you will fight the wrong battles. Now, there's a chance you look over your life, you see these things, and, uh, and maybe this is something you never thought through, but I want to ask you this question. What is your divine cause? Now, I'm not going to attempt to answer this for you because I believe this is, a, uh, this is where God uses your gifts. This is where God uses your experiences. This is where God uses your abilities, your passions, this is where God uses your knowledge. This is where God uses your connections. This is where God uses your personality and your voice. Like God uses you and, and gives you a cause. And so today, maybe you could start this journey of naming your cause, whatever that is. And maybe you need to, um, maybe you need to write that down. Maybe you need to start praying over this. Maybe you need to talk to a friend or a spouse about this. And, and here's the thing about your cause. It, it may change from time to time for over, over time or different seasons of your life, but what's your divine cause? Some of you, it needs to be, you need to fight and stand in the gap for your marriage or maybe for your children. You know, you could be a great warrior everywhere else and then you get home and then you completely let everything go. Maybe you need to fight for financial freedom because you're buried in debt Maybe there's these generational curses that you look at your family history and it's just been passed down uh, generation after generation after generation and you're the one that needs to stand in that gap and shake that uh, uh, cycle up. Maybe you're fighting uh, your own personal demons and addictions or maybe, you're maybe your cause is to fight for people uh, who are less fortunate. Now, uh, my cause, um, 
is, if I can narrow them down to a couple, is, is to raise three boys that know, love, and follow Jesus and make a difference in this world for his kingdom in whatever way that they can. And that's one of my causes. And, and another one is to help awaken people um, to see their need for Jesus. And right now, those are the things. Those are the things that drive me. But guess what? I, I can lose my focus so, so easy, easily. And so I want to remind you, if you're a follower of Jesus, like he's given you the heart of a warrior and he's filled you with his presence, uh, the Holy Spirit in you to empower you. And so what is my cause? What's your cause? When William Wallace is sentenced to death, the princess um, who has fallen in love with him, she begins to beg him to beg for mercy, you know? And he says this tag, which, which has become a tagline for the movie, he says, every man dies, but not every man really lives. And so my question for us today is, are, are we really living or are we just going through life? You know, Jesus says something, uh, says something similar in John chapter 10, verse 10. Uh, he says, you know, the thief comes to, to steal and kill. That word also means slaughter and to, to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We have this picture of, of Jesus as our, as our shepherd who's taking care of his sheep, and, and he's saying, you know what, uh, I, I come not uh, because the enemy wants death and destruction, but I have come that you may have life. And he's probably referring to eternal life, okay, that hope that we have of eternity in heaven with him where all things will be made right. There will be perfect peace and perfect joy but the fact that eternity starts here, Jesus is also referring to our life here and now, that he's come to make that full. The language here is one that's like beyond necessity. I've come that you can have it like you're going to be filled up. You're going to have more than what you need. That doesn't mean that things are going to be perfect and always pretty and trial-free here. It means we have a purpose and we have a hope which transcends everything that happens here. So... This kind of life that Jesus is dealing is it's beyond our wildest dreams. And so, church, are you, are you living? Have you found a cause that you can feel in your bones that's worth dying for? Have you stepped in with, with, with your warrior's heart to impact this world in some way? Chances are you've seen it uh, or maybe you've experienced it personally. People who live without a cause greater than themselves passionless, purposeless, floating through life, getting by, collecting stuff. You know, the list could go on and on and on. And here's the thing. If we're not intentional, this is every one of us. And so we see a couple tactics, you know. We see a couple tactics, you know, that uh, sometimes a warrior needs to step up, and we need to make a stand. 
We need to make an attack. You know, you, uh, warriors have a cause, and, and, and uh, sometimes they fight against the wrong things if they don't have a cause. And, and, and so uh, sometimes a warrior needs to make an attack. Now, we're not talking about fighting someone in the lobby or going out and ramming your car in someone in the parking lot. We're not talking about that. But the enemy comes to steal and, and to slaughter, to kill and destroy uh, this life that Jesus wants to, wants to uh, give us. Like, in Jesus' day, that was probably a reference to the religious leaders, you know, the people who were coming and sucking the life out of, out of God's good plan and God's will for his people. But Satan, our enemy, was using the religious leaders to point people away towards him. Now, in our day, this is the same is true. Like, Satan is using so many other things to steal and to kill and destroy. And so many times, God's people are getting slaughtered. And people are getting driven further and further and further away from God. Sometimes, sometimes it's the time to fight. As a warrior, you make an attack. You know, I remember years ago, Beth and I lived in a duplex, and... and um, uh, top bottom unit and the and the, we we heard the, the the people were crazy, but uh, they they would often fight. Okay, fight over marijuana, fight fight over who smoked the last of it, and all kind. Of, we heard everything, um, and then uh, one time they're getting into a fight, and which was not unusual, but like this one was a little bit different, and um, stuff started banging, slamming, she's screaming, and and. And best like you gotta go do something. And I'm like, man, if I go down there, I might, you know, I might kill someone. I'm I'm a pretty passive guy, okay? Like I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty chill dude. But finally, um, when it was time to go down there, I think best saw it in my eyes. Uh, if I was going down there, I was going down there for a purpose. I opened up the door, and I don't know if it's the look in my eye or my just sheer masculinity. <laughs> Thank you. But the dude instantly started crying and came out and talked to me for the next hour and a half. Good thing, because I might have I might went to jail, you know what I'm saying? But the stuff we heard, like there was a point where, where I was, uh, you know, the line was drawn. A warrior sometimes has to make an attack. And Satan is all around us and trying to lure us away from that. He's wrecking shop in this world, and it's time to fight the right battles, church. It's time to fight the right battles, and um, this is like heaven hell type of stuff, you know, for you, for your family, for your kids, for this world, for your friends, and, and um, we have an enemy out there who hates you, who hates your guts and, and hates God and wants to pull everybody away from him. It, it makes sense of all the stuff that we see in the world. Like, sometimes people can't make sense of it, but th it makes so much sense when you know that there's, there's a power out there, a force out there, trying to separate us, split us, divide us, turn us towards the wrong things, and turn us towards each other. It makes so much sense. You know, that's why sometimes the best way a warrior can fight is on their knees in prayer. And so we need people who are going to stand in the gap, who are going to build up the wall, and who will fight. Maybe it's for your kids, it's for your marriage, or maybe it's someone you know who's going down the right, wrong path. Maybe it's for some struggles you have. I don't know. Where do you need to make an attack? What's your cause? And then the second thing we see is this. Uh, sometimes a warrior holds. There's that movie in the scene where uh, the, the battle lines are drawn and, and the English are attacking and, and uh, William Wallace is yelling, hold, hold. And, and at the last minute, you know, they pull up the big spears. And, uh, but but that, 
that that wasn't the time to attack. At that point, that was a time to hold. Sometimes we attack, sometimes we hold, we refrain from attacking. And we see Jesus do the same thing when uh, uh, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane on his last night as a free man. And um, the Roman soldiers come out to arrest Jesus. And what does Peter do? And he comes out fighting. He comes out fighting. You know, he watched Braveheart with a, with a uh, battle axe in his hand as well. Hatchet. Um, but, but he cuts a dude's ear off. He swings, and he wasn't trying to cut an ear off. He just missed. You know what I'm saying? He was going for the kill. And Jesus says, Peter, put away your sword. He heals the guy, his enemy's ear. We see Jesus fighting the, the, the fiercest battle with this divine love. You know, the, he, um, he let them beat him and torture him, blindfold him, ridicule him. God in the flesh being ridiculed. He could have called a legion of angels at any moment. But he fought with that divine love. And he even said, while he's hanging from a cross being executed, Father, forgive them. Man, sometimes we need to fight. We attack. Sometimes we hold and, and we fight with forgiveness and love and repentance and prayer. And sometimes a warrior attacks. Sometimes we hold and we have that model from Jesus as well. So church, I kind of want to close the day with this. Do you have a cause worth dying for? What is your divine cause? And if you could answer that today or this week, I think you will be on a, path, on, on, a, on a path towards living a life worth living more and more and more. William Wallace found his passion and he gave it purpose. It inspired him and inspired a nation. His dying words, freedom! And he laid down his life for that. Jesus calls us to lay down our life for his kingdom. He calls us to live, give up everything and by doing that, by dying for his kingdom, man, really it means we're living every day for him. It means we're going to put him first. It means we're going to put him first, we're going to put him foremost, and it's not a game, it's not a playground, uh, it, it's a battleground. So what if we, church, were a church full of warriors, willing to give up everything for the kingdom of God? You know, our church will begin to look different. Your family would look different. Your heart would look different. You would have a purpose that you've never had before. So church, it's time to fight.